Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Tuesday the 14th of November. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. The family of a Medway man who was found dead in the Netherlands have revealed his body was discovered almost two months ago. 22-year-old Liam Graham went missing after a car crash near Who back in July. Kate joins me now with more on this story. So what's the latest update? Well, Liam's mum has posted in a social media page set up to help find her son. Joanna says his body was found on Friday, September 15th, around two months after he disappeared from Medway. It's understood he was discovered in the water in Amsterdam. And what's the next step for the family? Well, they're continuing to try and raise money to bring Liam's body home. A fundraising page was initially set up as a reward while searches were going on, but donations will now be used to get him back to the UK. So far, more than £6,600 has been raised. Liam's mum has thanked every Everyone for their kind messages and donations. Kent Police say they're working with Dutch authorities as they continue to investigate. Thanks, Kate. Kent Online reports. Videos emerged of the moment a horse rider appears to whip a cyclist during a hunt meet near Ashford. It happened as the Kent Hounds hunting group rode along Knoll Hill in Aldington on Sunday afternoon. It's understood the cyclist had previously engaged in discussion with the rider on the road. Police say they haven't received a report of the incident. A spokesperson for the Kent Hounds says they'll look into it. Figures out today show a slight rise in unemployment in Kent. 37,860 people were claiming out-of-work benefits in the county in September. That's 55 more than the previous month. Now, the Archbishop of Canterbury has repeated calls for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. There are growing concerns for doctors and patients at Gaza's biggest hospital, which is in the middle of a war zone. Justin Welby has spoken at the Church of England's General Synod. I want to make clear that there is no equivalence between the atrocities of Hamas against Israeli civilians and the right and duty of Israel to defend itself. I've emphasised that previously and I do so again. But I also want to make clear that I do not believe the devastating loss of civilian life and humanitarian catastrophe resulting from Israel's bombardment and siege of Gaza can be morally justified. I think we need to be able to say both these things. In fact, it is essential that we do. International humanitarian law exists for a reason, to protect our common humanity in war. It is our shield against barbarity. All allegations of violations of international law need to be investigated by the relevant authorities. But as a religious leader, I can say that the killing of so many civilians, the extensive damage to civilian infrastructure, cannot be morally justified. Kent Online News. Investigations are underway near Maidstone after three sheep were killed, believed to have been deliberately run over. Police say a driver let themselves into a field off East Hall Hill in Baltimore, Chelsea, and carried out the attack earlier this month. They're now looking for the vehicle, which would have been damaged, and are appealing for dashcam footage. A person's been treated by paramedics after a fire caused by a hairdryer in Margate. It was left on a bed while still hot, setting a pile of clothes alight in Zion Place last night. Firefighters managed to put out the blaze and ambulance crews treated someone for the effects of breathing in smoke. 
Okay, mum's taking part in a march to Parliament today to call for a life-changing epilepsy treatment to be made available on the NHS. Tegan Appleby from Aylsham can suffer up to 300 seizures a day. A cannabis-based medication's been approved for use, but her mum Emma's having to fund it privately, costing as much as £2,000 a month. She's been chatting to Kate about her long-running campaign. We are still fighting five years later for access medical cannabis for our children that have got severe epilepsy and um, this seems to be one of the medications that helps a lot of our children and the NHS still won't provide it so we are still fighting still asking the government to help and just uh, it marks five years this like this month that we've been it was legalized and nothing's actually happened since and have you been given any reason why they won't the NHS uh, won't fund the the drugs um, we keep getting different reasons. One of the reasons was cost. One of the reasons was there's not there's no evidence. There's no trials on it. Um, but we're we're fighting that because our children are the evidence. Tika's been on it for five years, and it's changed her life. Um, the cost is an argument because it's going to cost less than having Tegan in ambulance and intensive care with rescue medication, taking her bed up in Piku, all those kind of costs, are nowhere near the cost of what the medication would be. You mentioned there that uh, Tegan's been on the drugs for five years and it's made a huge improvement to her quality of life. Could you give me an example of just how it's improving her condition? Yeah, of course. So before she started the medication, she basically spent most of her time in hospital, sleep or seizuring. Um, she, we couldn't go anywhere in case she had a big seizure and needed rescue medication and hospitalisation. So now she can go out and do things like a typical little girl. She can go swimming, she can go to the cinema she can go trampolining all these things that she can do as a typical 14 year old that she couldn't do before and it's just she's such a happy little girl it's given her a much better quality of life and what does her future look like if if she isn't able to continually access the medication what does her future look like then um if we lose access to the medication altogether i don't know what kind of future she'd have um if sounds drastic but if one at all it's it's very it's very important that she gets the medication. We've tried 15 different antiepileptic drugs over the years. We've tried surgery um, and nothing has helped her seizures like this medication has. Um, but I'm going to keep fighting. I won't let her go without. I'm still paying for it privately. Um, it's costing us, a, it can cost up to £2,000 a month. So we are trying to switch between the NHS product that is available and private oil because I just cannot keep affording the funds. Um, so it is affecting her quite a bit at the moment because we're switching products. Um, but I'm just going to keep fighting and I won't give up. Kent Online reports. Council bosses in Tunbridge Wells are preparing to drop proposals for a garden village in the Greenbelt in order to get their draft local plan past a government inspector. Officers are suggesting that for now the authority abandons plans for more than 2,000 homes at Tudley in order to push on to the next stage of the process. The garden village has been met with widespread opposition from locals. A shop owner who's been targeted by children stealing says he's now visiting the parents to shame them into paying up. Umesh Patel, who runs MMP News in the Shepway part of Maidstone, was assaulted in February after he tried to stop a thief. Fed up of being targeted, he now shows CCTV pictures of the culprits to their parents. 
Latest figures show 615 asylum seekers made the dangerous journey across the Channel to Kent on Sunday. Twelve boats were intercepted on their way to the UK. It comes as an investigation has found a growing number of being granted work permits because of delays processing their claims. Around 91,000 people have been waiting more than a year for a decision which makes them eligible to get a job. Hussein is one of them. As an asylum seeker, we come to this country. This is the system right now. They have hotels for us. We need to wait in these hotels until the process gets done. And this is all comes from my financial, from money. If you don't work, you don't get. Immigration lawyer Munira Hussain is also concerned about the data. I can understand why the public would be outraged. So ultimately, what I would like to see the immigration system doing is processing their applications quicker then we wouldn't have this situation. The Home Office say they've taken action to speed up processing times and cut costs. Kent Online News. Detectives think a recent spate of burglaries in the Tunbridge area could be linked. They're investigating at least 10 break-ins where thieves have stolen expensive jewellery and gold. Many of the victims are from Asian households. Water companies are being forced to return millions of pounds to customers after falling short of performance standards. The highest of all the firms reviewed by the watchdog is Thames Water, which has to give back nearly £74 million to 15 million households. They supply areas around Dartford and Sevenoaks. The man who oversees the police in Kent has told us there's still plenty he wants to achieve in the role. Police and crime commissioners are elected every four years, with the next vote due to happen in 2024. Matthew Scott was first elected in 2016 and has been named as the Conservative candidate again. He's been chatting to Nicola about the role. I've achieved an awful lot over the last uh, seven and a half years now. Uh, A thousand more police, uh, nearly doubled the amount of support for victims of crime. County Line's gangs teams have been able to cut the number of gangs by half. We've expanded the rural policing team. So there's an awful lot done, but I know that there's an awful lot more that I want to do to help build trust and confidence, improve outcomes for victims of crime and bring more people to justice. So hopefully I'll be able to achieve that in the next four years. Yeah, big time coming up, obviously, is as you you face that election. But how important do you think the role of a PCC has become now? It seems integral. Um, I mean, it's, it's not a position that's been in place for very long, but it now seems to be quite a big part of the force and, and how it runs. It absolutely is. I think it's absolutely crucial because it gives victims of crime a voice in the criminal justice system. Not only am I holding the police to account for their performance, but in addition, the wider criminal justice system. So if the CPS or the courts or probation aren't performing, I've got the ability to make changes to support victims uh, and witnesses. And a big part of the role, which is somewhat overlooked, is the funding that we do secure for victim support services. Before we had PCCs, there wasn't really very much out there besides the excellent charities we already have. But having doubled the amount of funding that I've uh, been receiving for that in the last few years means that even more people can get help when they need it to deal with the trauma, to get counselling, support and other things. Um, so that has been uh, tremendous. And that's alongside, as I mentioned earlier, doubling um, the, the funding for it, as well as increasing our police numbers and starting to see charges increasing. So I think it is absolutely vital. I think if we didn't have it, we would miss it. Uh, and we would go back to a committee system that just didn't work. Kent Online reports. Kent County Council is planning to sell off its stock of windmills in a desperate bid to claw back money. They're looking to sell eight of them, including ones in Mepham and Sevenoaks. The authority says the historic buildings have cost them nearly £890,000 in the last four years. 
Now, for an update on a story from earlier this month, you might remember we spoke to an NHS worker who was living in his car after struggling to afford a home to rent. Bogomil Kashiba is from Gravesend but works for the London Ambulance Service in Bexley. He had to move out of his previous home after the landlord decided to sell it and he didn't have enough money for a deposit in upfront rent on another place. After hearing his story, someone's come forward to offer accommodation on an alpaca farm near Sittingbourne. He'll be staying at the Airbnb until he can find somewhere more permanent and told our reporter Alex how it feels. I am so pleased. I feel so blessed. It's like, you know, I don't know, coming from the rain to the sun, that, that kind of experience. And, and, and I'm, I am so lucky and I'm very, very blessed and I'm very grateful for, for the change. Yeah. And I think you said, you know, it was really nice to see sort of strangers, you know, and sort of the people that own the, the alpaca farm kind of reaching out and sort of helping you a little bit, kind of, they don't know you, you don't know them, sort of quite surprising. Yeah, it, it, well, it was, because, but it just shows you that what can um, the press, the, the television, what can be done, because there are, there are kind of people, like, kind of, like, in crisis, because that's what I've been, in crisis, that people get together and try to help. So it was, was brilliant. Would you say kind of, you know, there, there are some, you know, people always say about kind of doom and the gloom in the world, but there are still really good people out there who... Yes, they are. There is no old gloom. There is always a hope. I always say, no matter what you're going through, um, what happens to you, there's going to be the end of it, and there is always a hope. And that, that, is, that is true. Well, I'm, I'm the evidence of it. There is always a hope. Gravesham Council previously said they were unable to find him temporary accommodation as there's a huge demand and he wasn't classed as a priority. Kent Online News. A woman's managed to track down her stolen iPhone by calling the number before confronting the thief in Broadstairs. Laura Stelling's raincoat was taken from the Dolphin pub last month and it had all her belongings inside. Using a tracker, she was able to find Josh Bruton, who was found guilty of the crime. The 24-year-old from Sturry Road in Cliftonville admitted to police he'd made a silly mistake and was ordered to pay costs. Volunteers at a domestic abuse charity based in Swale and Medway have been given the King's Award. Satida has received the honour, which is the equivalent to an MBE, and recognises work in the voluntary sector. CEO Kerry Philpott has been telling Kate what it means to them. It's super exciting that we've been recognised um, by the King as an exemplary voluntary service, and we will be issued with the King's Award today. So this means it just recognises the work that our volunteers do in delivering our services. And so these volunteers, as I mentioned, being from lived experience and developing their skills so that they can help others. We also have a lot of volunteers that come from our community and bring their professional skills to us. So enabling us to have our governance and, you know, work in in different areas uh, with, with our groups of clients. So for us, this is so important. What it does is it really shows that we are we are valued as a service, that the volunteers that deliver are, um, are doing an outstanding job and their contribution to their communities is, is first class. And we're so grateful and excited to be winners of this award. And can you tell me, is there going to be an event? Are you going to get to meet the king? Uh, how is this all going to unfold? So excitingly, we've got a team event happening today. And then we will have a little mini celebration here. Later on in the year, we get uh, presented by a local representative 
um, for the actual award. And then we get invited to a garden party in Buckingham Palace in the spring. So that's super exciting. It's probably going to be a bit of a tough choice to see who gets to go to that. And does it give you, I mean, I suppose you've been doing this amazing work in the community, as you say, for, you know, 14, 15 years. Does it really give you that sense of you are making a difference and you are reaching people and, and that the work that you're doing isn't going unnoticed and it is appreciated? Some of the feedback we get is phenomenal and it really is humbling to see how our delivery teams change lives and how they can really really empower somebody to take their next steps so our model is very much about helping somebody to achieve they want to rather than doing everything for them there are times when we need to you know take certain actions but for example our support to court model is not about helping somebody by doing all of their court paperwork and and presenting them to the court it's about enabling them to navigate the system and take control what this means is they're developing skills, they're developing confidence, and they're bringing back their power. And so some of the feedback we get is phenomenal about how life-changing it is and how, you know, in some instances, they feel that they may not have been here if we hadn't have helped them. Um, and they can see huge differences for them and their children, and they're having positive futures. And then ultimately, when we do get somebody that comes through our volunteering route that also used our service user route, it's really rewarding because they're looking to reinvest and what they want to do is bring their expertise and their experiences to help others that is really humbling because that's a unique perspective and a choice which we're really really grateful for and we're so lucky to have so many volunteers here that um, that want to make a massive difference congratulations to all the team and a food and sports bar loved by Premier League footballers is opening a branch in Canterbury. Wing Kings are taking over the former Yo Sushi site near the cathedral. It's due to open in January. Kent Online Sports. Football and the manager of Chatham Town's women's team has been telling us how he hopes to get more people in to watch games. They beat Haywards Heath 4-2 in a dramatic first-round FA Cup game at the weekend and the club seems to be going from strength to strength. Boss Keith Bonus says they'll be letting some under-18s in to watch matches for free as part of efforts to boost crowd numbers. The women's games peaked in the last couple of years with the success that the national teams had and at a previous club, that I worked with the uh, season before this, um, we did that with local schools up in the Welling area and we got a great intake. We kind of boosted a crowd from 50 to 600 and a lot of those being school kids and the kids can come in as well and they can be put forward to be mascots. Hopefully that brings in the parents and other family members with them. You know, Chatham men have got great support on a Saturday. You know, again, we'd like to increase hours, but we've got to also give them a reason to come, not just because it's free, but because we're giving them something to come and watch that they'll enjoy some entertaining football uh, and that they realise the women's game can be just as much fun to watch uh, and enjoyable to watch and as competitive to watch as the men's game. And it's not new anymore. It's there. It's not going away. Um, but I think it's an ideal opportunity to, to bring certainly the young girls in from the local schools and hopefully that encouraged some of them to come and join the club as players as well. That's another obviously positive factor that could stem from that. Staying with football and Gillingham defender Connor Masterson says the team's embracing a new way of playing under head coach Stephen Clements. They've been trying out different styles in training since the boss took over at the start of the month. Their next match is at home to Salford City in League Two on Saturday. 
And in tennis, Kent's Emma Raducanu has pulled out of her long-awaited comeback match. The former US champion hasn't played since April after having operations on both wrists and her ankle. She was due to return as an exhibition event in China next month but needs more time to recover. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.